Our Gospel reading for this morning uh, comes from Luke's New Testament Gospel. It's a reading that uh, many of us are familiar with. The story of Mary and Martha. Listen for what God is placing on our hearts this morning. Now as they went on their way, He entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what He was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Him and asked Him, Lord, do You not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Friends, the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Are there any children this morning? It's, it's too hot for children. <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, the children's uh, message this morning is a part of the the sermon as well. So we all get to be children and listen to the message this morning. So, one of my favorite things to do is to cook. Specifically, the food that I grew up with. What I've realized is that through cooking, I get to share a bit of my heart, my soul, my passion, my family, and my culture with others. You see, my mom is the best Mexican cook ever. (laughs) And I've learned how to cook many of those same foods that she would prepare for my family growing up. It makes sense that I would be interested in cooking. Because I was also always one of those kids that buzzed around the kitchen as my mom would prepare dinner for us, and I would ask her questions about what she was doing, why she was doing it, and so on. And of course, to the surprise of no one, I was always there looking for a little pre-dinner snack. Well, additionally, I had two wonderful grandmothers who were equally amazing in the kitchen. And so, it's no wonder that I inherited a love of cooking and sharing food. Well, anyway, when Melissa and I were just starting out um, as a newly married couple and recent seminary grads, Melissa took her first call at a church in Dallas. It was an incredible experience for, for the both of us. We met tons of wonderful people and learned a lot about being pastors at that wonderful church. We also met some friends from Melissa's church and once we had developed a relationship with them, they had us over to their place for dinner. We were so taken with them. They were so cool. They had a cool house with cool furniture. They lived in a cool neighborhood, had a cool dog, took cool vacations, and had cool jobs. They were just so cool. (laughs) We totally admired them and looked up to them. 
So having had a great time with them, we wanted to reciprocate their kindness with a little home cooking and hospitality from the Lopez's. Now, I will admit that I really wanted to impress them with my ability to cook. So I went all out with a full menu, including appetizers and dinner, dessert and drinks. And I made as many things as I could from scratch. Now, I know we're getting close to lunchtime, but stay with me here. I made homemade chips and my mother's homemade, uh, grandmother's homemade salsa, guacamole uh, from scratch, Mexican red rice and refried beans, and tomatadas, which are like traditional enchiladas, except instead of the chili based sauce, and tomatadas are made with a tomato based sauce. And last but not least, I made homemade buñuelos fried flour, tortilla, chips covered in cinnamon and sugar, served with ice cream and a caramel topping. Oh my gosh, it was a feast. So as you can see, I went all out. Now, looking back on it, I can admit that I was a bit nervous. Not only did Melissa and I spend the whole day cleaning, making sure that every inch of that little apartment was spotless, but I even managed to get the food prep done early. So I decided to leave the rice and beans warming over low heat uh, on the stove and the entomatadas similarly warming uh, in the oven before our guests arrived so that everything was ready to go when they got there. I think it was the first and maybe only time that I've ever gotten things done early. Well, anyway, our friends arrived, and, and we all just hung out, and we, we shared some drinks and shared some good conversation, and by the time we were all ready to eat, my worst nightmare had happened. All the food had dried out. All of the broth and the rice had burned off. The beans had dried out from being on the stove for too long. And the entomatadas had gotten hard and crunchy from being in the oven for so long. I was so embarrassed. I felt like I had let everybody down. I felt like I let our friends down. Like I let Melissa down. Like I let my family down. Like I let my culture down. I truly felt awful. I apologized profusely over and over and asked them numerous times if I could make it up to them by having them over again and doing a better job. But they were so gracious and so kind. And much to my chagrin, they loved the food. They said, Jose, this is the best Mexican meal we've ever had. Well, not satisfied, I kept apologizing. I kept trying to seek their forgiveness but they wouldn't have any of it. They were so gracious and so loving. And if the leftovers were any, any, any indication, there were none, then they really did enjoy the meal. And well, it ended up being a wonderful night with lots of laughs, laughs great conversation, and great company. And I learned a few things that night. I learned some things about cooking and preparing food, like... Don't leave things warming for too long because you run the risk of things drying out. And perhaps more importantly, 
I learned that hospitality is more about the people and the relationships than having all of the food come out just right. Now, I share this story with you all to let you know that I empathize with Martha. I feel her pain. I know the hard work it takes to get everything ready and just right for your expected guests. I know how it can sometimes feel like you're the only one working toward the cause, even though that's usually not the case. I know what it, what it feels like to have the desire to make sure that everything comes out just right. I know what it's like to feel like you've let everybody down. And so perhaps Martha was worried about feeling the same way. Many of us know the story of Mary and Martha all too well. And maybe we even relate to one or the other or both sometimes. So Martha is clearly distracted by all the things she thinks she has to do. It it is her home and, and she has invited guests coming over. There's a laundry list of things to get done. Preparing the food and tidying up. Tending to the guests making sure drinks are offered and refilled, accommodations to be met, and so on and so on. But while Martha is tending to the task of being a good host and showing hospitality, Mary, her sister, someone who Martha could presumably rely on to help in the many tasks that need to get done, is instead sitting at the feet of one of the guests, Jesus. Now, given the context of the story and knowing a little bit about the nature of Scripture, we can take this sitting at the feet of Jesus to mean that Mary was actually listening intently to Jesus, listening to His teaching, hanging on to every word He said, and soaking up every bit of wisdom He had to offer. So Martha, in a moment of clarity, goes to complain about what's going on Well, we don't know what type of sibling dynamic is at play. Maybe Martha is constantly having to pick up the slack for an endlessly distracted younger sister. Maybe Mary has her head stuck in the clouds and is frequently dreaming about other things. What life would be like if. What things she wishes she could do. Or whatever. And maybe Martha is constantly having to go to ground Mary to the realities of life and remind her that there are things to attend to now, and that there is no time for distractions. Or maybe Martha feels like the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son. Maybe Mary is like the younger brother who tends to the foolish things in life, whereas the older siblings like Martha tend to be the more reliable ones, doing what they are told to, making sure that things get done right. Or maybe it is a matter of personality. Martha is perhaps more of the anxiety-prone personality, the older sibling, the responsible one, the, the realistic one. Whereas Mary tends to be more of the carefree personality, the younger sibling, the irresponsible one, the dreamer. (laughs) Whatever the case may be, Martha is upset and turns to Jesus. Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister is just sitting there, not doing anything, and that I'm left to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It's not fair. But Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by too many things. There's only one thing you need to worry about. Don't you see? Mary has chosen the right thing. Oh, well, what a punch to the gut. I can only imagine what Martha was feeling. What do you mean, Jesus? How can you say that? I did what I was supposed to do, and she didn't. And yet I'm the one who gets scolded. And so the lesson comes through. Don't be so much like Martha. Don't be distracted. Be more like Mary. Focus on Jesus. Ignore the rest. But is that all there is to this story? Well, at this point, we might be tempted to take that clear-cut message, walk away, and try to apply it to our lives. Okay, how can I clear my life of all the clutter and distraction and focus more on Jesus? Maybe I'll get rid of my smartphone. Maybe I'll get rid of television and the internet. Maybe I'll wake up early to focus on personal quiet time and pray more. And so we begin to reevaluate our lives and look to reprioritize things to help us focus more on our faith. But how long does that usually last? Like our New Year's resolutions, probably not for long. So here's where I want to caution us. This is a great example of the many lessons Scripture has to offer, even though we often want to reduce it to a soundbite or a bumper sticker that gives us a moral compass which serves our own purpose instead of God's. But if we do that, we neglect the context and the bigger picture of Scripture. Yes, on the one hand, the lesson about being less distracted and more focused on Jesus is immensely important. Vital even. It's a metaphor for right worship. What things in our lives are we worshiping and prioritizing over Jesus? Because those things reveal who we are and what we truly worship. But, if we dig a little deeper, beyond holding up Mary and scolding Martha, we discover ourselves in them both. We see our own tendency to major in the minors. Neglecting to relish the people right in front of us. The people, if we tend to them, who reveal Christ to us. And isn't that what hospitality is supposed to be? Tending to people? Undistracted and uh, an intentional focus on Jesus is vitally important to a life of faith. But so is hospitality. How we tend to people. How we treat people. 
all throughout Luke, Jesus has been exhorting the importance of hospitality. So to simply say that there is uh, something more important or, or it is more important to be like Mary and give our attention to Jesus over being more like Martha and attending to hospitality, I think is an oversimplification of the lesson to be learned here. The lesson is that we need both. We need to realize that our focus should always be on Jesus. That the number one focus should be on loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. In prioritizing our worship of God over anything else, we demonstrate how our lives are truly governed and what compass we follow. Additionally, in valuing hospitality, we relish the people right in front of us. The people who reveal Christ to us. And we put our faith into action. Therein lies the duality of faith. We have to focus on Jesus and we have to serve others. We're not called to be like Mary or Martha. We're called to be like Mary and Martha. Thanks be to God. Amen.